Hello, this is Jamie Burke, CEO and founder of Outlier Ventures. This is an audio recording of the open metaverse under attack and the fight back. This is the state of Web3 thesis update from Outlier Ventures. Section one, introduction, the open metaverse revisited. Whilst the future of the open metaverse is still an open question, we want to offer up a vision for this radical new economic system. A vision whereby Web3 serves as a trust machine for a more open metaverse, not only for crypto and digital assets, the wider consumer internet. Introduction forward. It's been more than two years since we originally published the Open Metaverse OS, where we outlined the Open Metaverse is not a single game, augmented or virtual reality environment, Rather, the open metaverse is an open economic system across an increasingly immersive web that blurs the distinction between a physical and virtual reality for all human and synthetic activity from work, play, social to commerce. In those two years, a lot's happened. Whilst the open metaverse has continued to evolve in new directions, what has emerged is a more centralized alternative being sold as a detour en route to a decentralized destination. In this alternative vision for the metaverse, permissionless has become permissioned and communities have become gated rather than seamlessly interconnected. We're aiming to explore these two distinct camps, the tensions between them and the opportunities they present for founders and builders working in the space. It is our premise that as AI begins to blur boundaries between what is fact and fiction, or even what we can objectively call reality, Web3 technologies and their primitives have a unique opportunity to serve as a trust machine for the web at large. Context and format for this thesis. This is a continuation of both the thesis titled The Open Metaverse OS, dated January 2021, but also previous papers defining Web3 as a new data economy and the coming convergence of blockchains and blockchain-like technology with AR, VR, and perhaps most interestingly, AI. The purpose of this thesis is to look at the emergent themes we've been developing over 2023. More importantly though, it looks to reimagine their future implications if they happen at scale. Rather than necessarily propose answers, this thesis asks questions, provokes thought, and lays out concepts that are worth further exploration and debate. The structure of this thesis is designed to hit home the existential threats encircling the open metaverse. Section two explores the direct threats, both from a regulatory and centralization perspective. Section three highlights some of the less visible, but equally important themes and threats to the open metaverse, namely how Web3 technology itself is at risk of becoming subsumed by more traditional hierarchical systems of ownership. Section four discusses these opportunities in more detail, showcasing the projects Outlier Ventures has been investing in that helps keep the open metaverse evolving. Section five charts a way forward from this point while inviting you, the reader and listener to take part in shaping the direction of this set of ideas. This thesis also highlights the continued innovation and development from the proponents of the open metaverse and the technology that allows this world to develop alongside others. Section two 
the open metaverse under pressure. Threats to Web3 and the open metaverse. There are a series of macro events around the Web3 space that have had a profound impact on the environment that the open metaverse operates in. Here we explore and present a selection that we believe has had the greatest impact on the trajectory of the open metaverse. These threats from the shifting regulatory environment to the increasing centralization of technology and the emergence of monopolizing forces all pose threats to the evolution of the open metaverse proper to such an extent that it could prevent it from materializing at all. It's our contention that the metaverse is under threat from all directions and we're giving an overview of some of the most profound ways. This is by no means an exhaustive list. The Web3 space moves incredibly quickly, creating new opportunities, but also new threats to this space that continually evolve. By showcasing these threats, we hope to bring awareness to the fragility of a decentralized open source Web3 world, one that could be lost without consistent defense. This and section three address this from different perspectives. Whilst the section looks at direct threats, section three showcases alternative visions where Web3 values are subsumed into those of Web2. Platforms are interested in the benefits of Web3 whilst reducing disruption to their business models and user moats. Governments want to limit and restrict big tech monopolies, but are threatened by Web3's challenge to economic order and stability. Tornado Cash, the attack on cryptography and decentralization. Tornado Cash was a privacy-based smart contract tumbler that allowed the mixing of crypto to mask its source. One of its creators, a Russian national living in the Netherlands, was arrested by Dutch authorities in Amsterdam. OFAC, the US Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control, blacklisted Tornado Cash, making it illegal for US citizens, residents, and companies to receive or send money through the service. Citing Tornado was used by North Korean-sponsored hackers, the Lazarus Group, and issued an arrest warrant. Immediately, GitHub censored Tornado Cash's repo, demonstrating another example of indirect state capture of centralized platforms through compliance. This represents attack on open source technology generally, which is the bedrock of the open metaverse. In particular, ideas around code as a form of freedom of speech, an argument first put forward by hobbyists experimenting with cryptography in the 1990s, and by virtue the permissionless and open nature of crypto and DeFi's unstoppable nature. And it didn't stop there. Circle, the company behind USD coin, froze $75,000 in USDC from Ethereum addresses belonging to the mixer and many exchanges, in particular those with US customers, in order to comply with law enforcement agency requests. Centralized exchanges blocking wallets is part of a wider trend that is already in progress before the tornado cash arrests. Privacy-based coins such as Zcash and Monero have been delisted from several major exchanges, making it harder for users to access and use. Furthermore, the merge has changed vectors of censorship in Ethereum. High-profile validators have already begun to censor certain addresses and transaction types. Large custodians, exchanges, cloud services like Alchemy, and even decentralized RPC relayers like Pocket have effectively become OFAC compliant, hitting nearly 80% of network validation in mid-November 2022, although it should be noted that this has since trended back down to 65% by the end of 22. The coercion of stablecoins. Stablecoins are the economic foundation of the open metaverse. 
They serve as a hedge against the volatility that comes with a new economy, whilst also creating a bridge that connects them to the real world. Understandably, this is also the area regulators are most concerned about due to fears that they could transmit wider systemic risk beyond the crypto economy as institutions add them to their balance sheets. Therefore, they are a careful battleground and negotiation between two, for now parallel, financial systems. Today, two of the top five, representing 27% of all stablecoins, including USDC by Circle and BUSD by Binance, are officially regulated in the US, and three, including USDT, can blacklist addresses and freeze transactions, whilst there are just two censorship-resistant stablecoins in DAI and FRAX. As explained by the Centia Consortium, founded by industry leaders Coinbase and Circle, they only block addresses when they are legally required. This includes court-ordered interventions, as well as sanctions compliance following US and international rules. Whilst they say these rules are designed to protect privacy and promote competition and interoperability, it even being a possibility should be of concern to the industry. As recently as January 2023, Cryptocurrency exchanges operating in the Canadian province of Ontario were prohibited from listing USDT, and Europe's Crypto Assets Regulations, otherwise known as MICA, which will take effect in 2024, effectively places a ban on algorithmic stablecoins, something the US is itself also exploring, posing further risks to this cornerstone of the open metaverse. Criminalization of Network Participation the point of Web3 is its permissionlessness, from mining or staking and securing the network to building dApps or voting in its governance, users can be the owners of networks at all stages of their growth. This creates better alignment between stakeholders and provides a viable alternative to the shareholder supremacy of Web2. In fact, in many ways, the ability for a wide base to participate in a given network has even become the criteria by which to judge how regulators decide if a network is or is not decentralized. However, network participation itself is increasingly under attack. From something as simple as the act of self-custody, new EU policy currently under consideration seeks to recategorize them as unhosted wallets, with the ultimate goal of making them illegal. In the US too, policies turning against staking as a form of network participation and could, if left unchecked, restrict participation in networks like Ethereum. Now infamous SCC chair Gary Gensler has even said proof-of-stake currencies could be investment contracts that subject them to securities regulations. The implications are that the US Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, could require all businesses operating on the Ethereum network to comply with KYC and AML requirements. In practice, this would mean customers would have to verify their identities and residencies, as well as provide further information to service providers before they can start using a DeFi service. Furthermore, recent precedents in the UkiDAO legal case suggest that people voting in DAOs could be liable for its future actions. Capital constraints and the threat of monopolies. As capital becomes more constrained and business operations come under pressure in market downturns, many founders will be forced to sell out to bigger rivals through a process of mergers and acquisitions. This will mark a period of market consolidation, highly likely in 2023 and beyond. This is all the more possible as equity snuck back into vogue for early stage startups during 2022, where previously investors 
may only have had exposure through a SAFT, a promise of a future token with no shareholder rights. They are now firmly on the cap table as shareholders and can push for a continued focus on equity value creation, overlaunching a decentralized and tokenized network. As the market appetite for new tokens declines or at least stagnates, the pathway to tokenization extends the likelihood of acquisition along the way. This may mean not just fewer tokens, but also less open source code as the number of companies decline through either Web3 consolidation or defensive acquisitions from Web2 incumbents to kill off threats. We saw this process writ large in the months leading up to the FTX collapse in 2022. Sam Bankman-Fried capitalized on the fallout from the failure of Luna Stablecoin by buying up the distressed assets of rivals, earning him the then, and somewhat ironic, moniker, savior of crypto. Post FTX, Binance now represents an even greater force in crypto with a 66% market share in trading volume. This is all the more concerning as Binance is unilaterally controlled by one shareholder, its founder, CZ. Such is its or his market dominance and power that Binance announced last September that they were consolidating USDC, USDP, and TUSD into their own stablecoin, BUSD. The rationale behind this move was to increase capital efficiency and liquidity on the exchange. However, this overt power grab raises antitrust questions and demonstrates how much power he and Binance yield over the market more broadly. How to even manage antitrust in crypto and Web3 is going to be a growing concern. In a system predicated on decentralization, there is no way to look at this in a positive light, even if you assume CZ is benevolent. And it's not just Binance. We can see market consolidation everywhere. We've already seen several acquisitions from Nike's Artifact to Yuga Labs to our partners Animoca on our own portfolio company Futureverse with its $100 million roll-up. Now, this isn't necessarily bad, and some may argue is a process of bundling and unbundling that has historically always happened with information technologies, but its extent is something we as an industry need to constantly monitor and interrogate. In a global environment deliberately distributed outside of any one jurisdiction, how do we as an industry protect ourselves from unhealthy levels of M&A, monopolistic behavior, and antitrust? Section 3, the risks of Web 2.5. Alternatives to the open metaverse. While Section 2 explored the threats to the open metaverse, this section explores how the very idea of the metaverse has fragmented since the original thesis was published. In particular, we chart the emergence of Web 2.5 as a halfway, but perhaps permanent step between Web 2 and Web 3, the erosion of royalties in the digital asset space, and the emergence of walled gardens across the entire ecosystem. While the building blocks of an open metaverse are present in all of these, they represent an alternative vision, whereby centralized entities increasingly capture IP and communities for profit maximization, making it more challenging for assets, ideas, and people to move seamlessly. A perpetual, not transitory, Web 2.5. Many commentators laud the adoption of blockchain technology by Web2 giants from Reddit to Google and Instagram as gateways to billions of users. Each represents a shorter pathway to mainstream adoption and potentially billions of users whilst bringing legitimacy to our fledgling industry. However, it inevitably comes with trade-offs and risks. 
Web2 platforms are owned and operated by highly centralized and regulated companies. As we saw with Facebook's Libra project, these tend to be highly restricted in what they can and can't do. Large centralized Web2 services such as now Meta, Amazon, or WeChat in Asia are vulnerable to capture and coercion by state actors, meaning any exploration of a permissionless, sensor-resistant metaverse would likely be contained. A great example of the implied risks was the rollout of NFTs by Instagram, even when leveraging protocols like Polygon and Ethereum. Users were encouraged to connect their Facebook social graph to their wallets, i.e. their social to their financial graph. This represents the holy grail for a media and advertising company, but significantly exposes the user and prevents an irresistible honeypot of data to the various surveillance states Meta operates in and or simply bad actors, fraudsters, and hackers. On the flip side, it allowed Meta and others to present a safer Web3 halfway house, which we fear is likely a perpetual rather than transitory Web3. Here, transactions can be reversed and censored, and users and developers can continue to be deplatformed. In short, this is a far cry from the permissionless open metaverse we should be aspiring to. The question is, how can Web3 and the open metaverse tap into Web2 user bases without being diluted? Or how can we make sure Web 2.5 is a stepping stone to Web 3 rather than end in itself? While Meta has announced it is ending its exploration of NFTs on its Instagram platform, there are other Web 2 communities and companies that are deepening their integration of Web 3 technology. One of those is Reddit and its avatar program that allows users to mint their own PFP NFTs without having to navigate traditional Web 3 primitives such as wallets and buying and spending of tokens. Another company that has abstracted the Web 3 experience away from the UX is Starbucks. Its Odyssey experience has allowed customers to collect NFTs to unlock access to new immersive experiences, which has proven to be enormously popular. Their NFT collections have been selling for thousands on the open market. This merging of Web 2 and Web 3 experiences can be positioned as a kind of Web 2.5, but it will be the platforms themselves that will determine if this is a permanent, reversed, or transitory state. While at this stage it has allowed millions of users to access Web3 technologies, a more dystopian future might emerge if left unchecked. We call this the WeChat of crypto. In this future, your financial and personal digital worlds would be merged into one singular super app experience, and therefore singular user profile. This could be in full capture by a given state, where you can be denied your basic civil rights and opportunities or excluded entirely from society and the economic potential of the metaverse on a whim. Open or closed metaverse. Royalties, rollbacks, and the open creator economy. Royalties have been a powerful argument as to why creators should use Web3, giving them direct control of how their IP is monetized and used with smart contracts perpetually managing its rules across not just primary, but secondary markets with surety. This is also the bedrock of the open metaverse's promise of enabling composable markets of IP that can be combined and recombined in infinite ways. New marketplaces like X2Y2, LuxRare, Magic Eden, and Blur have challenged the sanctity and enforceability of royalties in secondary markets. All have explored a race to the bottom, zero-fee strategy to build market share, often at the expense of creators. 
This presents a significant barrier to the royalty system becoming a foundational part of the Web3 economy. The idea that smart contract-based royalties or any form of codified IP rights can be blocked or ignored by secondary markets when it suits them undermines the argument that code is, in some way, law in Web3. This would also act as a disincentive for large IP owners considering bringing their highly valuable content and assets to Web3. Until this is resolved technically or through legal precedent, growth will likely be sluggish. MEV wars and the rise of app chains. Walled gardens and closed communities have become increasingly commonplace in Web3 as a response to the challenges of running open and transparent blockchains. Ethereum is perhaps the best example of how transparency has brought opportunities as well as issues. Maximum extractable value, otherwise known as MEV, is a concept that allows market participants to extract value from order books. While the design of Ethereum v2 allowed miners and validators to accrue MEV, a large portion of MEV is extracted by independent network participants, referred to as searches. Searches run complex algorithms on blockchain data to detect profitable MEV opportunities and have bots to automatically submit those profitable transactions to the network. These have become commonplace, especially those designed to exploit price discrepancies and low liquidity volumes. The move to proof of stake accelerated their development as validators instead of miners now control transaction inclusion, exclusion, and ordering. This is likely to lead to creation of solutions and products that protect market participants from searches at the expense of an open and transparent ecosystem. Private order flows are one such example. These private relays keep transactions outside of the public mempool to avoid attacks. Companies who build and maintain these are likely to become powerful intermediaries as users seek better protections from profiteering. This additional layer of middlemen is likely to lead to a centralization of order book information, taking key parts of the Ethereum blockchain further away from the decentralized ideals of the open metaverse. Cross-chain bridges, the challenges. Whilst blockchains historically have attempted to provide all four functional layers on one chain, including execution, settlement, consensus, and data availability, more recently, there's been an increase in the number of solutions that offload portions of transaction data to help improve scalability and speed. Some of the most popular are rollups or layer twos. These are side chains built on top of Ethereum that use the mainnet as a settlement layer only. They can be thought of as a separate execution layer that sends bundles of transactions back to mainnet for verification. Another is app chains or app specific blockchains which are customizable blockchain environments with their own consensus mechanism designed to help app makers create bespoke environments for projects. While these are novel solutions that have brought more users to the Web3 world, they ultimately raise more barriers between chains than they lower. Making chains more complex means creating meaningful connections becomes harder. Bridges are now widely regarded as the biggest risk to security thanks for the increasingly complex nature of the chains using them. While solutions like atomic bridging actively being explored, it means more friction between chains. Being able to move NFTs and DeFi apps across execution layers is a fundamental pillar for the open metaverse, but it remains elusive. Conclusions In summary, there has been a rapid development of technologies, ecosystems, and mindsets that have emerged with a different set of ideals to that of the open metaverse. 
Whilst most are designed and implemented to help scale blockchains and increase users, there is increasingly a view that if left unchecked, these innovations would stall the vision of Web3 laid out in our original thesis at the Web 2.5 stage, with little incentive to reopen ecosystems once those walls have been built. In the next section, we'll shift our focus from challenges to opportunities, exploring how borderless technologies have continued to help develop and provide opportunities for the open metaverse to continue to flourish. Section four, innovation and opportunity in the open metaverse. The alternative title to that is Composable Creativity, a New Creator Economy. In this penultimate section of the thesis, we explore some of the most promising opportunities and innovations across the open metaverse. Whilst this thesis has highlighted the threats to an open source, decentralized world, there are an increasing number of technical and regulatory innovations that could foster growth. It's our contention that developments of primitives around the open metaverse continue at pace, and when considered in aggregate, have promising applications beyond what is narrowly understood today as Web3. In particular, artificial intelligence, generative AI, and agent-based systems, and the role Web3 could play as a trust layer for its economy. Zero-knowledge proofs, AI's trust layer. It's safe to say that we, like many in the industry, are very excited about zero-knowledge, and a vision that, when fully realized, represents an endgame for Web3. Nearly any use case can leverage blockchains without concerns to scalability or privacy. It's why we've been running a zero-knowledge-focused accelerator program to help foster the next generation of projects, helping provide a more secure digital space for all participants. However, most importantly, it will fundamentally shift Web3 from public by default to private by design, enabling a form of selective disclosure where a user can prove something is true without revealing the underlying data as evidence through digital proofs and attestations. This is a vital component of the open metaverse as it allows the movement of data and people to occur in a trustless private environment for the IP and data for enterprises. Projects like StarkX, Maiden, Metis, and others have all helped push zero-knowledge technology to the forefront of blockchain development. Perhaps a bigger role for zero-knowledge is its role as a counter to the rise in artificial intelligence. ChatGPT, arguably the most publicly well-known AI application, is the fastest growing app of all time, recording 100 million active users within just two months of launch. It has also evolved at a similarly startling pace. GPT-4 is the fourth generation of the AI's capabilities and can now accept both text and images as input, allowing charts and graphs to be autonomously analyzed. To achieve this lightning growth, AI systems have ingested vast amounts of data from what is referred to as the open web, taking data to train models for the future, which raises concerns and questions about both IP and privacy. While GDPR and other privacy laws have created a line of defense for the protection of sensitive data, AI teams have found it difficult to assess data provenance and whether data sets have adhered to privacy rules or not. While we normally think of zero-knowledge proofs in terms of identity and financial applications, they can also be a powerful tool for researchers who need to train AI models without compromising on data availability and integrity. Although the computational technology for this may be a way away, we believe that ZK proofs present strong possibilities for scaling AI. If teams can prove to each other the integrity of their work without showing the data they've used, this removes that particular obstacle. 
We also need to remember that the future of AI depends on our willingness as companies and individuals to let our data be used for training. The robust use of privacy tech such as zero-knowledge proofs is a necessary prerequisite for AI's continued growth and success. As openly available data dries up, without these guarantees, the supply of good quality data, and in particular specialist data to increase the domain expertise of AI, won't be made available, limiting its potential for impact. If we look at our own portfolio, we see companies such as Ocean Protocol tokenizing initiatives for AI, creating markets for a truly new kind of data economy built around financial incentives for sharing data and training AI models. Ukraine, a battlefield for the network state. The first hotland war on the European continent since World War II has shocked the world, but few technophiles can fail to be fascinated with how it's being fought in an expanded cyber warfare context. Ukraine has become the first state to battle test crypto and to stand up a state capture resistant economy from mobiles to low orbit satellite hardware like Starlink. Russia and its citizens have sought to use the same infrastructure to counter subsequent de-economization by the US through sanctions. We must remember, for better or worse, the open metaverse is neutral to the politics of nation states and therefore will likely be problematic for some constituencies dependent upon the state of global affairs. Both countries have raised considerable amounts of money using decentralized technology. Ukraine alone has to date raised more than $200 million in funding to help the war effort. Russia, meanwhile, has also used the technology to raise more than $18 million, according to crypto auditing firm Certic. This has caught the attention of other states, such as Taiwan, which, inspired by Ukraine, is now actively building Web3 infrastructure to combat aggression from China. In Hong Kong too, protesters have embraced decentralized technologies to organize and share information away from state surveillance. These examples are ushering in what Balaji calls the network state as a successor to the nation state. A network state is a social network with an agreed-upon leader, an integrated cryptocurrency, a definite purpose, and a sense of national consciousness and a plan to crowdfund territory. The examples above show how cryptocurrencies and Web3 technologies are becoming tools to broader geopolitical battles, but more broadly they show the possibilities that Web3 technology has for creating decentralized institutions. These examples are providing real-world use cases for why state and non-state actors should take an increasing interest in censorship-resistant technologies while simultaneously raising awareness among new generations of developers about its potential in an increasingly dictatorial and statist global environment. ReFi, a truer form of financial inclusion. It could be argued that much of DeFi has been limited to replicating, albeit bottom-up, Wall Street and its successes just in a permissionless environment. However, we truly believe that the power of the open metaverse is in what we termed back in late 21 as MetaFi, a form of financial inclusion of value in the metaverse. This includes anything from in-game assets to reputation and attention in the creator economy, all of which could be used as collateral in DeFi. This tokenization of value has already begun, but is now more widely referred to as ReFi or regenerative finance, creating positive environmental, social, and economic impacts over past and present implementations of DeFi, which were largely zero-sum games. Furthermore, we expect digital cooperatism, 
leveraging innovations from a now maturing DAO stack, a fascination of ours since as far back as 2014, to allow for a form of collective banking and a mutualization of assets, wealth, but also risk through insurance. Especially as banks and the existing financial system continue to debank users of crypto on a regular basis, we must take back control of our own economic sovereignty. However, at the heart of this are Web3 experiences that are essentially mobile first. CeeLo is one of the first protocols to focus on mobile from an accessibility and inclusion perspective in order to reach the next billion people who access the web via a smartphone. However, one of the limiting factors for native Web3 mobile experiences has been Apple's gatekeeping with prohibitively high fees on any in-app transactions, now at 30%, and banning linking to off-app transactions, something that has even been challenged by Epic Games in a Californian court. Equally, early implementations of play-to-earn, such as Action Infinity, showed the potential of digital work blurring with play, but the tokenomics proved too volatile, too speculative, and bull market dependent. Whilst there are newer implementations, such as play and earn, Metafire's potential has still not been fully realized at scale. We believe Web3 is on the precipice of a Cambrian explosion for creativity. New primitives are emerging that allow creators to create, financialize, distribute, and manage digital media as programmatic assets across the open metaverse. This is likely to be expressed through an entire infrastructure system built around NFTs, encompassing creation, surfacing, distribution, curation, and discovery in more direct and peer-to-peer -peer ways. While the dominant form of NFTs are PFPs, dynamic NFTs have risen to prominence. Dynamic NFTs and creator royalty guarantees. These living NFTs can change based on external conditions. Also known as a living NFT, the token has characteristics that can be triggered to change due to an event or achievement. For example, if you're a gamer, your NFT avatar can be programmed to change its appearance depending upon your advancement in the game. In addition to enhanced value capture on the creator side, consumers are rewarded with deeper ownership, engagement, entertainment, and potential earning opportunities by virtue of their participation. The ability of users to interact and organize around a particular intellectual property with the appropriate infrastructure for coordination and cultural production unlocks a new value that was not present in the social grasp of Web2, namely community and co-creation. These activities can include governance, communication, games, and social interaction. In light of the increasing complexity of on-chain cultural production, technical and legal considerations to enforce cross-platform rights will be critical to the success of the open metaverse. As marketplaces move away from honoring royalties, it's become clear that previous rules around IP are in a state of flux, meaning creators and marketplaces will need to work together to work out what happens next. One such outcome of this collaboration is already starting to bear fruit. Magic Eden, the leading NFT marketplace on Solana, introduced the Open Creator Protocol, OCP, in December 2022, which allowed creators of a new NFT collections to block marketplaces that refuse to honor royalties. One feature inside OCP that is of particular interest is its dynamic royalty option. This feature introduces a linear price curve to cut down the total fee paid by buyers for higher priced NFTs, potentially making royalties appear less daunting for pricey purchases. In summary, this section has explored the opportunities and innovations within the open metaverse. 
While the previous sections focused on the threats and challenges, there are promising advancements in technology and regulations that can drive the growth of the open metaverse. The development of primitives in the open metaverse goes beyond Web3 and holds potential in areas like artificial intelligence, generative AI, agent-based systems, and the trust layer for its economy. Zero-knowledge proofs play a crucial role in the open metaverse. They address scalability and privacy concerns, allowing selective disclosure without revealing underlying data. Moreover, ZKPs serve as a privacy layer for AI, enabling researchers to train models while preserving data privacy and integrity, thus supporting AI's growth. Additionally, the concept of MetaFi emerges, or ReFi, which focuses on financial inclusion and the regenerative finance within the open metaverse. It goes beyond replicating Wall Street successes by tokenizing various forms of value, promoting digital cooperatism, and prioritizing mobile-first experiences. Examples of countries like Ukraine and Russia embracing decentralized technologies illustrate the potential for Web3 in geopolitical battles and the creation of decentralized institutions. Creatively, the open metaverse offers creators the opportunity to manage and monetize their digital media through NFTs. In the next section, we'll be discussing the opportunities with the aforementioned Web3 technologies can bring for realizing a truly open metaverse. Section 5, Possible Paths Forward. In the concluding section of this thesis, we will share what we believe are some of the pathways the open metaverse might proceed along in the coming months or years. From blockchain's use as a trust machine in response to the explosion of AI, to the role of decentralized identities might play in the evolution of Web3, we contend that the open metaverse offers both a genuine alternative to the centralized authority and gatekeeping found in Web2 world, as well as entirely new possibilities. However, without the continued efforts of creators, builders, and projects to this movement, the digital landscape is likely to become further stratified and segregated, controlled by increasingly powerful players with the ability to stifle competition and innovation. A big part of this is related to the convergence of technologies, in particular blockchains, tokens, both fungible and non-fungible, zero-knowledge tech, and Web3. The convergence thesis is a theme that's been at the heart of our DNA at Outlier Ventures since as early as 2017. In fact, we believe that AI, far from distracting from the mission of Web3, will ultimately be a key driver for its adoption and success. In effect, all roads lead to Web3. This convergence will lead to a dizzying acceleration of innovation, both industry transformation and disruption, as technological gains compound and reinforce one another in ways that would be difficult to keep up with, especially for regulators. Extending the benefit of composability. We are seeing huge potential in extending the composability of Web3 beyond DeFi to more use cases and industries. An example being the potential for a universal library of assets where every element of a game or movie can be recombined for a form of composable creativity. Where each asset is available for reuse based on clearly defined parameters with baked in perpetual royalties, including on derivative works. In our own portfolio, we see the beginnings of this possibility with Crucible, cross-game engine assets like NFTs, and Fragnova, a multi-platform game creation system focusing on full immersion where creators can interact, build, inspect, and modify their creations in a no-code, visual, and AI-assisted way. 
Creator-controlled smart contract middleware can help build a paradigm where any asset, including 3D objects, building game engines, to NPCs, non-player characters, and even prompts used for generating new assets through generative AI can become composable at the atomic level with built-in perpetual royalties. The impact of these innovations could be huge, especially when considering the average AAA game or blockbuster movie both now take between 65 to 80 million, hundreds to thousands of people, and up to three years to produce. By reducing the time and cost of producing high-end content, while offsetting the cost of creating your assets by making them available for reuse, dramatically improves the production process and the economics of entertainment while leveling the playing field for independent creators, finally allowing supply of new media to meet its insatiable demand. A further example of convergence is composable creativity, allowing for the possibility of remixing or spawning cultural capital at an almost infinite rate. This not only opens the door to new forms of cultural production, user-generated content and media, but also raises a problem of consent, as today's training data does not respect the sovereignty of creators. Decentralized Identity and the Web3 Social Graph Decades of innovation in DIDs, decentralized identifiers and VCs verifiable credentials, both bottom-up and within the World Wide Web Consortium, have worked towards universal identity standards and protocols for the web. However, a point of friction has come from a lack of clearly defined financial incentives and business models to stand this up beyond the public good. Tokenization allows for the monetization of this costly exercise of identifying people to instead be offset and in many cases a source of revenue as attestations become reused by new verifiers. This is why we invested in Check.io, a secure network that enables individuals and organizations to fully control their personal data. This inevitably will happen, the question is when. Vitalik Buterin, founder of Ethereum, suggested soul-bound NFTs, that is non-transferable NFTs, could be forms of public credentials that represent a person in a certain context. Continuing this line of thinking in Outlier Ventures, we've always seen PFP NFTs as a form of atomized social media and belonging without the platform. In the open metaverse, the social media model will be inverted compared to Web2. Social graphs will not be limited to platforms or across platforms owned by the same conglomerate, but rather will be universal open protocols where the Apple platform or verse, as in metaverse, will be more similar to a web explorer, which allows you to socialize and express identity in a context-specific environment. With Web3 innovation like Lens Protocol, this is technically possible to do in a highly decentralized way. There is as of yet not a clear winning protocol for this purpose, but we expect it will consist of a combination of public namespaces, on-chain attestations such as NFTs and soulbound tokens, but also off-chain proofs with private elements of identity leveraging zero-knowledge technologies. Ultimately, this could allow for a separation of identity into public and private spheres, connected using zero-knowledge technology that would allow for financial and personal information to be connected but compartmentalized. All this will break, or at least reinvent, the advertising model which currently web platforms rely on and the ubiquitous user cookie tracking systems it requires. In a fully immersive metaverse context, it will mean that we can make ourselves instantly recognizable but in a highly permissioned way, 
to others as we navigate the physical and virtual worlds through augmented experiences and layering once hardware catches up. D-commerce, connecting real-world assets. Linked to our section on ReFi, the holy grail is to fully realize the vision of the open metaverse and seamlessly connect up the virtual and physical worlds. This means finding a way to get real-world assets and events into DeFi and smart contract workflows in a regulatory-compliant way. Whilst this vision has had many false starts, in particular STOs, security token offerings, there seems to now be real traction gaining from some of the world's largest asset managers like BlackRock. BlackRock have publicly hailed tokenization as the next generation for markets and securities. Similarly, Goldman Sachs has begun to offer its customers tokenization options. Examples like these illustrate that despite the brouhaha around crypto, many institutional players see the promise offered by its core underlying technology. The long-term goal should be to have Web3 not as a parallel system, but rather fully integrated into the existing financial system and harmonized with various regulatory regimes. For example, like with another outlier company, Dia Data, having oracles that meet regulatory standards to feed into regulated financial products such as indices. We expect this innovation to first happen in smaller, more agile jurisdictions that must innovate to compete, grow, or maintain their capital markets and financial services industries. These include Dubai, Singapore, or Cayman, Tech Cayman being an investor and partner in the Outlier Ventures business accelerator, but also the UK, which is now looking to redefine its role in the global economy to then be retrofitted into larger jurisdictions once proven to be successful. It also requires us to imagine what e-commerce and its supply chains look like in a Web3 context, something we call de-commerce, and how we can build a decentralized, composable stack of open source protocols and services which could replicate the entirety of the e-commerce today, from integrating with Shopify web stores to inventory systems, CRM, and dynamic pricing all the way to last mile fulfillment. Both on protocol and early investments of Outlier Ventures has seeded the e-commerce stack with some of its cornerstone primitives around digital to physical redemption and dispute resolution. We hope to see much more innovation coming through in this domain and we'll be running a dedicated e-commerce program later in 2023. Beyond generative AI towards agent-based systems and autonomous economic agents. LLMs, large language models, the technology behind AI tools like ChatGPT promise to shift the web from a command and search-based experience to something more conversational. First as a digital experience, still using our digits to type, but eventually to a voice-based natural language interface. This reinvents search, online advertising, and e-commerce, and makes the web a much easier and more intuitive experience. However, if AI stops at the recommendation without being able to complete the resulting actions, it remains limited. In effect, AI without agency significantly limits its potential. That's why agent-based systems are becoming hyped as the next big thing, as in where AI can not just instruct, but act with varying degrees of autonomy and in particular, economic agency. However, most agent-based systems exist today in a monolithic Web2 design, operating on and owned by a single platform. But to be able to act across any conceivable range of query, it would either need one company to achieve AGI, artificial general intelligence, something even OpenAI don't see as possible anytime soon, 
or it would need billions, perhaps trillions of stakeholders to be integrated to deliver specialist agent-based services. Yet the vision for AEAs, autonomous economic agents, as smart contracts, is as old as Ethereum itself and has been developed further over the last several years by outlier portfolio company Vetch.ai, an open source protocol where truly smart smart contracts, albeit in a narrow sense, can carry out specialized tasks. We believe in aggregate that this kind of approach is the only conceivable short to midterm way we can achieve AGI by agents subcontracting out tasks to other specialist agents through on-chain microtransactions, which could at least deliver the feeling of artificial general intelligence. Furthermore, agent-based systems also raise questions about sovereignty. How can I trust that an agent is serving my own interests and not that of a third party or platform, which requires the auditability promised by smart contracts and blockchains? In fact, for us, it is also inconceivable that users could fully use an agent-based system without a sovereign agent to negotiate and provably look out for our interests. In fact, for us, it's also inconceivable that users could ever fully use an agent-based system without a sovereign agent to negotiate and provably look out for our interests. In fact, the more users can trust the system, the more work they will devolve to it and data they will be prepared to share with it to personalize their experiences this will ultimately make the AI models and the system as a whole smarter. As we seek to go beyond generative AI and to achieve a form of general artificial intelligence, all roads lead to Web3, as it too will need a more open economic system to coordinate its distributed development as an alternative to its initial highly limited monolithic systems. A call to action. While we have tried to provide an overview of the state of Web3 and the open metaverse that it can enable, perhaps the most important point to make in this thesis is that none of this is set in stone. We all must continue to walk the fine line between making Web3 accessible and usable. Building products that don't just compete purely on the philosophy of decentralization and user sovereignty, but that are 10x better than incumbents and or allow entirely new functionality and benefits. Ultimately, it is the founders and their daily decisions that will forge this pathway, develop solutions to counter many of the challenges outlined in this paper, or make technical or business model decisions that reinforce them. And this is where we are most hopeful. As the world's leading Web3 accelerator, we can objectively say the volume of founders building in this paradigm is growing month on month. The quality we are seeing is also improving with serial founders with exits under their belts to a wave of experienced execs pouring out of big tech. However, each brings their own biases that will compete in this marketplace of products, not ideas or philosophies. The reality is those founders that are succeeding, like Timu Toke, founder of Ready Player Me, are pragmatists. His stated product strategy is to build a product 10 people will like, then 100, then 1,000, then a million, and only then worry about decentralization, tokenization. He sees those as a means to accelerate developer adoption and interoperability, not because of a philosophy, but because it genuinely catalyzes networks. Whilst this brings risks such as the potential of early acquisition or a perpetual Web 2.5, if we are truly confident in Web3's potential to deliver better outcomes for users, we should trust its ultimate benefits should win out. And specifically when it comes to tokenization, this means in both bull and bear markets, 
This requires us all to be objective and open to being sometimes wrong and learning from collective failings. We also need to consider that maybe it's not so clear-cut. Perhaps we just need to accept there is a situation analogous to Linux and Microsoft or Apple and Android where Web 2 and Web 3 coexist. This would challenge the very premise of the Naaman culture itself. That being said, at Outlier, we strongly believe we must fight for the choice of users to freely opt out of a platform and exercise their digital property rights in the same ways that governments have forced retail banks to allow for easy switching. As long as this option exists, we can focus on competing on better products and better experiences whilst avoiding the now infamous Web2 modes that restrict and limit users leaving at all costs. Some will say this process of unbundling and bundling of platforms is inherent to information technologies, as has been made in the brilliant book Master Switch, from the radio to cable and now various iterations of the web. And whilst this may have been true, the stakes are getting higher as we shift from the communication of information and the social web towards an entirely all-consuming economic system into which more and more people are migrating their time, economic activity, and wealth. And it is not that anyone in Web3 is opposed to platforms being successful, it's just the nature of their relationship with the user. It is no longer just about the sovereignty of information or identity or even the right to free speech. It's about the sovereignty of your digital personhood, wealth, and the ability to freely participate in the economy that is the open metaverse. We believe that governments will need to choose between what for now may be seen as the better of two evils. Big tech that is antisocial, anti-competitive, and extractative, but that can be co-opted, or a new open economic system that can unleash greater innovation and global GDP growth whilst enhancing user rights, but which for now might undermine the status quo of the current financial system and the ability for the state to control and coerce its citizens. So whilst we at Outlier focus on enabling founders to navigate the complexities of Web3 as an accelerator, we don't believe it's enough to just build technologies. In short, things have got political, and in the case of the US, maybe even partisan. So we must mobilize as an industry to educate policymakers, combat malpractice in our industry, and support the principal founders who walk the line to build great Web3 products people want within today's technical limitations and trade-offs. We must build a narrative to tie them to fundamental and recognize human rights at a national and supranational level to allow for their defense. An open source, decentralized, tokenized future is possible, but requires a commitment and an understanding from builders to its principles to build on the incredible foundations that have been created over the last few years. Outro. Thanks for listening to the Open Metaverse Under Attack. We would love to hear your thoughts on the future of the Open Metaverse. Get in touch by finding us on Twitter or LinkedIn just search for Outlier Ventures. If you're a founder wanting to help build a more open metaverse, we want to hear from you. Head to outlierventures.io and apply to one of our accelerator programs. See you on the other side. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3. 